Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and today I'm joined by Maddie Lewis of The Pod Hand. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Carlo. How's it going? It's going. It's going well. Um, and today we're going to be discussing the 2001 French bonkers bananas film, uh, The Brotherhood of the Wolf, or as I like to call it, Bloodborne Part Issue Zero. Um <laughs> When did when did you get to see this? Uh, did you ever see this in the theaters? I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, I doubt it ever played anywhere near me, to be perfectly honest. Um, I saw it, I want to say, like, my freshman year of college. and Or no, it was like my senior year of high school. And the reason I watched it is because my French teacher recommended it to me. Uh, <laughs> in, in high yeah, school? Yeah, my French teacher rocks. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was a senior. No, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, sometimes you get the, the cool teachers, you know? Yeah, uh, no, she she ruled. Um, she's this uh, old, older Russian Jewish lady who spoke like four languages fluently and was just like very zany and awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, she recommended it to me because I'd actually done like a little project in French class on uh, the Beast of Gévaudan. And she's like, hey, you know, there's a movie about that, right? And I'm like, no, tell me more. And she recommended it to me. And I finally was able to to track it down either sometime my senior year of high school or freshman year of college, I think, um, to watch it. And uh, I I was changed as a person. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to love in this. Um, so uh, brief side note. OK, so silly me. I'm going to ask you, OK. That's all very fascinating, Maddie. But what exactly led you to re- do a, a project on the Beast of Gévaudan? Because I, I personally, I'd never heard of um, of the 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 incident that that this is supposedly very very loosely based Extremely on. Extremely loosely based on. Uh, um, what led me to that? Uh, I just really like cryptid shit, and uh, I guess I, at some point in my my internet history just like googling cryptid shit i came across this one and i i just thought it was so interesting and then when um you know we were doing like a little you know you could you could do a project on anything in french class so long as it was you know, somehow related to france <laughs> a little presentation and i was like okay so i'm gonna talk about the beast of Gévaudan because i was you know uh like 17 17 or 18 and really into cryptids, uh, which is still true. Uh, the, the into cryptids part, I haven't stayed 17 or 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes, yes, into cryptids. <laughs> Unless you you are you are actually uh, you actually have some uh, dark secrets uh, that keep you immortal somewhere, Maddie. Much like Monica Bellucci, uh, who stars in this film, um, you know, th- certainly, yeah, that that would not probably track. But uh, so so can was this at all or was let me let me hold up let me back up i'm trying to ask two questions at once um (laughs) first off did so it started with the beast of javadon did that then lead you to that um list that you shared with me of like the wolf attacks in france or was it the other way around okay uh no it was that the beast of javadon and i actually talked about the other ones too because there was like for those that aren't into weird historical side notes that aren't really all that important, but are just kind of interesting. There were like a lot of kind of bizarre wolf attacks in the 18th century in France, uh, recorded ones. Um, so yeah, the beast of Gévaudan is just like kind of the most notorious of them in that time period, but there were a bunch of other ones too. Um, I don't know. I, I just got down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, really. <laughs> you know, okay. like you do. So let me, I'm just pulling up for, yeah, it just suddenly uh, occurred to me that maybe I should pull up where Givaudan is, because obviously it's a place. And it's like, uh, it doesn't, I believe, exist anymore. It was a province, and I think it's been like, I don't know, like redistricted or whatever. I don't think it's still called Givaudan anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I think that the only thing that's showing up on Google Maps currently is a Givadon, uh Step Brewery and Lodging. Uh, might be related. I don't know. Uh, oh, there's an actual uh, apparently. Oh, yeah. It, it, um, so what it happened, it ceased to exist after the French Revolution. And uh, it is now the Department of uh, Lozère. Is is what it is now called. So it's funny you you mentioned after the French Revolution because the movie starts with <laughs> the terror, you know, ongoing and uh, the the one of the it characters. Rips. You know, you're having yeah. a good time when something in the movie starts with the French Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and, and someone's like busy, you know, like bring me more wine. They say as they scribble their memoirs. <laughs> Before being marched down you know, amongst the crowds. Um, this is uh, actually, we find out later is, what is it? Uh, Thomas de... The Marquis d'Apchay. Yeah, d'Apchay. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing that really struck me is that, oh, they have like a French Jeremy Renner there. <laughs> his, uh, it just his name is Jeremy Renier. You know, so, but he's Belgian, actually. Um but yeah, it it's it sort of starts with an older version of him like writing his memoirs. Uh and you know, the rest of it is sort of like a flashback. So it's like this framing device that, you know, we know that he's gonna come to his end, but he's trying to come clean with, you know, the events that happened way back then. Right. It's like an extremely not necessary framing story. Like it doesn't really <laughs> add a whole lot to it, to be perfectly honest. It doesn't detract from it, but like you could definitely take out this framing device and it will be fine. Yeah. You would lose I, nothing I, really. Yeah, I, I do. I kind of like although- the I like the flavor of it, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's like strictly 
necessary. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we could eliminate the, the end and the, you know, like the two frames and, and it, this entire story would rip, uh, on its own. I think the, I guess the, the thing that they wanted to do is to show that this is, you know, from this moment, uh, where the, this is sort of like a French X-Files uh, back in the 17th century or whatever happening <laughs> yeah. uh, where they defeat this, you know, supposedly you know, supernatural entity and they find out that it's not supernatural at all. They do a Scooby thing, right? They, they defeat it with science and scientific thought and reason. Uh, and then, you know, I guess they wanted to show that, you know, oh, look at how far we've come from that. Uh, all within this gentleman's lifetime, you know, and so on. Uh, which honestly, I yeah, I didn't care that much. I didn't find it that tragic or anything of the sort. Um, yeah, it's kind of he's not like that big of a character, so you're like, I he's okay, he's fine. I'm not that interested in him compared to like everyone else in this movie who's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, uh, what is it? The the Chevalier, the yeah, the the uh, the de Fonsac, de Fonsac, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's like, I honestly, even rewatching, I was like, is this that guy? It's like, oh, no, no, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the, the nerdy dude <laughs> that, that, that received him. No, it's not him. Um, so it, it is sort of funny, but, um, but yeah, like, I mean, we, we sort of touched on it really quickly, but this is sort of like this weird mystery, right? Where they're trying to do like a, a Hound of Baskervilles type of thing, right? Where it's like a legendary. It's, it's very Hound of Baskervilles. Yeah, but uh, we do have to remember that this happened, I think, after the Matrix. So then you get a lot of this weird, like, awesome <laughs> martial arts slow mo, yeah, slowing down like the the strikes so you get to see like ah oh, he kicks them and they fly you know like they fly and then pause to to sort of like let you sort of show it's extremely 2001 oh yeah yeah it, it's really um, but fantastic. it also kind of whips at like it also kind of whips ass so mm. god i loved when um when uh uh the the chevalier and his his manservant or or I don't want to say man. It's not his servants. They're buddies. They're friends. They're blood. That, no, they're blood brothers. They're, they're that's blood exactly brothers. Yeah. I don't know if that's problematic now, but it, it you know that's that's happening in a time in the past, folks. So there's a lot. There's also a lot of casual weird uh, colonialism in it because it's happening during the colonial era. You know, it's not. It's not. Yeah. The, I don't think that they were trying to hide that. Um, but this a lot movie's of movies not particularly uh it's not super woke. <laughs> no, no it's not. But uh let's let's address that head on because um his uh his blood brother Mani is supposed to be uh Mohican Iroquois. Uh, Indian. Uh yeah. or Iroquois Iroquois or, or, or Mohican I Iroquois. Okay. So um and he is obviously played by Mark Dacascos, which I don't think he's Iroquois at the very least. So uh, I'm not entirely sure about his. I think uh, he is something else, maybe Hawaiian. Yes, Hawaiian. Or at least from Hawaii, Hawaii, I should say. Um, But in any case, uh, so he, uh, but but, I mean, you know, he looks 
he looks great, uh, honestly, in the role. And uh, he's also like- And a, he is great in the role. Oh, yes. He looks great and he is great. And he's also, if I'm not mistaken, he's well known for like a lot of um, action roles, specifically like for martial arts and stuff like that. So Yeah, he uh, was in, uh, I want to say like his, he was in like Double Dragon or something maybe. I don't know. Maybe I, not. I, I know he was in John Wick Chapter 3. And I was like, when we were seeing that movie in theaters, I'm just like, is that... God, that guy looks... Holy shit, that's Mark Dacascos. I was so excited. Because <laughs> he looks very different in John Wick than he does in Brotherhood of the Wolf. But um, yeah, he's he's in that too. And the, wow. the fight scene with him and, and Keanu uh, rules. It's really good. It's probably the highlight of that movie. Excellent. Uh, he was in the island, the 95 island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> oh, is that the uh, the, the, the famously... A cursed like, movie. Bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't rewatched it. revisited. Yeah. But like that one was just riddled with all sorts of problems in and of itself. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, there's a lot of like very, yeah, I think you're, you're, yes, he is in John Wick. But anyway, um, I don't want to get, you know, sidetracked, but Mark DeCascos as Mani, uh, uh, an indigenous fellow uh, who accompanies this French chevalier uh, within his travels uh, shows up and just basically uh, just kicks like five people's ass very early on. Because, um, uh, well, we, we do get that scene where they establish that there's something hunting these young women. Mm-hmm. And uh, and <laughs> I do laugh when uh, you get the scene where she's like trying – She's trying to scramble over the edge of the cliff and then something grabs her and she looks like she's caught in a tilt a whirl suddenly, like in midair yeah. and mm-hmm. then thrown. Uh, it is sort of funny, but it establishes that, yes, there is something hunting these young women. And yeah, and then obviously the the we get the Roma character who is being chased. And that's where, you know, uh, the Chevalier de, de France are. And Mani show up to you know sort of defend her from being stoned or beaten to death by a, a small mob of people, and that's you know like the the Chevalier doesn't even get off his horse. It's Mani who just like just whips everyone's asses. <laughs> he's like goes completely like uh, you know sort of Matrix choreography on these people. It's amazing, and they've but, got these like amazing uh, like. It's incredibly obvious that this is where Bloodborne got the mm. uh, inspiration for the Yarnum Hunter gear oh, with their yes. like tricorn hats and the, and, uh, the kind of cowl scarf. sort of thing covering their face. Yeah, uh, like yeah, that leather kind of like neck brace scarf sort of thing that looks insanely impractical, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks yeah, so it, fucking cool. It looks man. so cool. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I don't. I think they even confirmed that that that's where the um, the look of the Yarnum Hunter uh, set in Bloodborne was kind of inspired by. I want to say that that's that's not just like an obvious inspiration, uh, but it was actually something that they like stated, um, which makes this the like Brotherhood of the Wolf maybe one of the best things ever because it's blood like a proto Bloodborne. 
but then also it's a from game, which means Bloodborne is also like partially berserk, and that means it's perfect. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's 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 uh, if if we were looking at um, the 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 joining of two uh, small facets of the multiverse, this and yeah, like you said, this and Berserk melded together to make from from soft games. So I can't fault them, you know, fault this movie at all. Really, I, I yeah, do want to say one of the uh, one of the outfits that uh, Monica Bellucci's character Sylvia wears later in the movie with the tricorn hat and the coat. Mm-hmm. Also looks a little bit uh, like Lady Maria's yes. kind of attire a little bit. Yeah, when she visits him down in the oubliette or, or prison or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call like it. The, yep. It looks so good, too. I, I would also say that um, that uh, Emily De, De, De Ken's, uh character, shit, I'm going to forget, uh, Marianne, uh, also Marianne, has, a, yeah. Yeah, has a similar sort of like uh, towards the not the end, but like around the end of the second act, she's wearing that uh, almost hunting gear with the red, yeah. uh, the red overcoat and everything. Also reminded me of the the Maria set from Bloodborne. <laughs> Not quite as practical though. Uh, it's more very no. Actually, you know what? No, it's more Castle um, Castle Kanehurst outfit. Uh, yeah, it- yeah. But uh, in any case, um, so yeah, so we do get um, the Chevalier Gregor, the Fransac, gets called to uh, the the province to solve this problem, and then is presented to Marianne. And uh, I forget, is it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's the Jean Francois. Uh, yeah, the Marquis d'Apche, and then Marianne, her brother Jean Francois. Who is played by uh, Vincent Cassell, Cassell. who I just love. The God, yeah, just amazing. Um, And it's just like the most sinister motherfucker, but he kind of always is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here he's 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 got like this weird string, like he's not wearing the, the powdered wigs. And then he's got this weird sort of greasy, almost stringy um Hair. tail yeah you know, ponytail uh you know done up in the right ribbons and all that stuff and he's he's dressed you know to the nines but it's that that greasy hair of his that lets you know oh this guy <laughs> this guy's going to be a problem yeah he's uh, also a a hunter and a traveler like uh the chevalier uh de Fronsac. and uh but he has at some point prior to the story uh his arm was mangled and rendered like like completely not usable mm-hmm. um so he's kind of got that like kind of a, a bit of a foil to the chevalier um yeah he's just the one thing i will say about his casting in this movie is the way they did not so much his clothes but the way they did the hair and makeup for him is a little like too obviously bad news <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh, it's 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 a it's a movie about a that has a lot of CGI and um, some very uh, liberal um, takes on uh, French and, and French American history. So I'm I'm not particularly looking to Brotherhood of the Wolf as being. Uh, it's not a subtle, sort of subtle film. It is not subtle at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, which is what I'm getting at here. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Also, it's I think. 
poor Vince, I think he's been typecast. You know, any, anytime you see him show up in anything, it's like, oh, he's going to be an asshole or, or the bad guy, you know? Yeah, I think uh, the only movie that I've seen him in where he wasn't an asshole bad guy was Underwater. Hmm. The, um, yeah, he was like the, I guess the kind of crew captain for Underwater, and he was like a good guy there. I, uh, that, that movie was actually pretty decent. Uh, I know it got, uh, put out in dump month and people still like to crap on Kristen Stewart, but, uh, I liked it. It was fun. It didn't fuck around. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's a fun little creature feature. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. That's the one, <laughs> that's the one movie with Vincent Cassell that I've seen where he didn't play like some kind of like gross creep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> are you listening folks? Uh, so, you know, this sm- slight spoilers already. Uh, yes, he does play a gross creep here. We find out later, but before we get to that, um, so, uh, this is obviously, you know, again, I think it's, it's one of these things that we, we talked about this in tale of tales. It's like, Oh, look, there used to be places where you would f- shoot movies, like in f- the physical world <laughs> on us, you know, like a, on location somewhere, not against the green screen. Um, and this really, yeah, don't of- get me wrong. There is a lot of bad CG in this movie, but at mm-hmm. least the locations, as far as I can tell are real. And the bad CG kind of gets a pass by virtue of this movie being from 2001. I mean, yeah, I think that it's, um, you know, the it's a 20 year old movie. The CG is going to be bad. This, it's, and that's the thing. I, I, I feel like, okay, yes, it's noticeable. So uh, there is that. But it's, I think that the, the beast sequences are not, they're not overdone. Uh, <sighs> How do I want to say this? I think it preserves a lot of the 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 mystery of what the beast looks like, and they use a lot of like it looks like uh, either practical effects and or puppeteering initially to sort of get that uh, look right. You you see like the yeah hump some of, of the, the puppetry beast. was um there was a the special effects so I know some of it was CG and you can kind of tell when it's that for sure but uh Jim Henson's creature shop actually did some of the puppetry and animatronics for it so oh interesting okay when yeah so when it's not really like in the the less action heavy scenes it looks a lot better mm-hmm. and I think that's probably where you're getting more of the puppetry animatronics and I think the action scenes are a little more CG yeah yeah I mean uh, it, it, they they definitely go full CG. Um, once we get to like at least a halfway point where you get the big sequence where, uh, Monty is trying to capture him in that ravine. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I I think that they, they do what they, they do the best they can with it, uh, with the budget that they have. Uh, it's still noticeable, but they also sort of cut away from it enough so that you, you, you sort of, you're encouraged to buy into it. And at that point, like if you you're not sort of with this weird horny, um, uh, sort of comedy, like weird comedy of manners that's also horny and has a weird, perhaps supernatural, perhaps not creature stalking the countryside. Uh, by the point that action sequence happens, well, then guess what? You know, you're not gonna like this either. So, <laughs> you know, it's 
it's one of those movies where I I really admire the fact that it doesn't it doesn't stay in its own lane at all. It's like four or five different genres of film all like crammed into one film. <laughs> like it's a period film, it's a martial arts movie, it's a horror film, it's a romance. You're right, there are some little bits that are like kind of comedy of manners. <laughs> like it oh, it, that, that it entire... does not stay in one lane at all. Yeah, that entire sequence where he's greeted and they're like at the big dinner table and you're supposed to like obviously the there's like a poet that's going after Marianne who's obviously the the um the jewel in the you know in in the Depche uh household um that the Chevalier de Fronsac is immediately sucks. stricken by. What's that? Oh, his poetry sucks, yes. His poetry and, sucks. And- and so you get that sequence where he's like, oh, yes, uh, I've been sent to um, study this weird fish that had fur on it, like a black mink. And he like opens up a, ca- a case where it's like been taxidermed and it, people are like, oh, wow, the, the, the waters must be very cold there, which is hilarious. It's honestly really funny because you know that he's, he's oh, the, uh, bullshitting The fur-bearing them. trout, that's actually uh, a, a folklore creature. That's not something they made up for the movie. No, no, I I imagined it was. I didn't like look it up, but I I imagined it had to be something that you know, like it's like one of those things like you'd read in like Herodotus where he's like, yes, and the ants were naturally gold miners, and you're like, what? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, and then everyone's like, oh yes, you know, they they defer to his authority, and then he's like, oh no, I, you know, Vincent Cassell's character is the one that that calls his uh, calls bullshit on it, and uh, you know, his dad gets like bent out of shape. He's like, how dare you? This is our guest, you know, and uh, he's like, no, no, your your son's right. This this does not exist. But it, it's it's a it's a funny thing. But it also establishes that he is both a, a naturalist and he knows taxidermy, which comes up later. And he's mm-hmm. he's got this like sort of very trickstery puckishness to him, you know, that he's he's also there to have a good time. And and I think that they mentioned that he's like a libertine, you know, before before this point. Um so honestly, um I it, I feel like it would be very fun to go out to the bars for a night with uh, the Chevalier and Mani. I think they would be great wingmen, and it would be a very good time. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, you know the the Vincent Cassell's character is absolutely the guy that you want to take along when you want to ensure that there's fucked vibes all night because uh, that's mm. what's going to happen. Um, but, but so those two, on the other hand, you're going to have a good time. You'll have a blast. It'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah. And and so then it's immediately followed by the, the poet going like, Oh, I was inspired. And he tries to make a, like, he tries to make his moment there and he just fails miserably. (laughs) He's just like, like you said, Maddie, just awful poetry. And, uh, also poetry sucks. His poetry sucks, but also I think that he thinks that he's much better than he actually is. Uh, and so he gets really into it, too. And he's like, it's, good. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and I can I can confirm because I um, I know that it is bad in English with the translation. However, I also am good enough at French. I have 
like I had a minor in it in college. I haven't used it much since, but my French is still good enough to know that it's shitty poetry in French too. <laughs> Amazing. It's not just a bad translation. It's it's just bad poetry. Well, you know, if it's bad in the original language, maybe the translation ain't gonna fix it's gonna it. It's going to be worse in the translation, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that that's like one of those comedy of manners sequences that we're talking about where it's like, yes, it's it's doing the, the historical thing as well. It's sort of giving a little glimpse at how these characters interact, you know, how they react to certain things and stuff like that outside of like it's a, a formal sort of disquisition or whatever you want to call it. Um, but But then also you get these little moments where the yeah, Fronsac is like encouraged, like earlier encouraged the poet to go. Yes, yes, go, go to get him out of the way so he could then hit on mm-hmm. uh, Marianne and uh, you know be really horny towards her. And he's like, oh yes, you should uh, go ask. Um, you know the the I forget who he directs him to. He's like, yes, uh, and he's very interested in you um, writing his memoirs, but don't 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 bring it up first just wait till he and he's like we we i i have complete faith in you and like pats him on the back and sort of shoves him in the direction <laughs> that he needs to go and you realize oh this guy's sort of used to also being sort of like i don't want to say a bully but definitely like knows t- how to get people to do things in a certain way you know especially when there's a beautiful woman involved uh, as is marianne so uh, he immediately goes after that, and she sort of like they play a little bit of that uh, back and forth, right? It's a little bit of a meet cute as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and she and is she- cute, but she is definitely the inferior love interest. <laughs> well, we do have Monica Bellucci around, so I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's one of those where like. You ever have a moment in a movie where you're like, I know this is something that I should be able to suspend disbelief about, but I can't. That was one of those. And I'm like, presented with this girl. She's sweet. She's pretty. She's cute. Nice. Whatever. And Monica Bellucci, 10 out of 10, like 12 out of 10. Come on. And like, yeah, this yeah, is she's... this might be the best that she ever looked in a film. And that's saying something because she has looked very good in like every film. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 12 out of 10 smoke show of the week. Uh, Monica Bellucci is in this and uh, she is. Uh, see, this is where where we get into sort of uh, not so very not woke territory where she is not only uh, sort of like this weird fortune teller slash sex worker at a brothel, but also she is secretly a secret assassin for the Pope, which is great. It rocks. It's, it's it so rules good. so hard. It's so great. I gotta admit, that is like, wow, okay. So we rolled all those all those into one, didn't we? Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, fortune telling, courtesan, papal assassin. Perfect. I'm here for it. That is my type right there. Well, and and she always has like a different mask on, right? So she's got like a little veil mm-hmm. the first time, and then she's got like a like a lace mask, like a lace sort of domino mask uh, later on, and then she's got that one where it's like just the, the weird one. like half mask kind of yeah, thing. like uh, the red monocle mask type of thing, and you're like, 
that's cool. I mean, Which, I don't know. It sounds really stupid how we're describing it, but it looks cool. Oh, I mean, it's it's also lovely to look at. I mean, it it does help that it's on Monica Bellucci. I'm going to say, but uh, you know, it also is well crafted to look like completely cool. But that means, of course, that it's completely impractical. It's like it's not even a mask. It's like a a weird rim of a of half an eyeglass where um, maybe part of it has been made out of like red feathers from some bird. And this being like 17th century France, it's probably some bird that they uh, hunted down to extinction just to make, you know, these, yeah. this particular mask. Uh, nothing, nothing really practical, just simply this mask, the half one. Uh, but yeah, um, so I guess, do we want to talk a little bit about how, I guess, I want to ask you because how convincing did you find the mystery aspect of this? Oh, I didn't give a shit about the mystery aspect of this, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I, I pretty much knew, like, especially on my rewatch when I already knew what happens, I'm like, yeah, this part, it doesn't matter. It's an excuse to get cool action scenes. Um, and uh, just by how, like, signposted it is that Vincent Cassell, like, his character, Jean-Francois, is, like, obviously bad news. Like, it's so obvious that he's gonna be in on the bad guy scheme. So there's not really a mystery there. Um, like, I guess, I think the first time I watched it, there was a moment where I was wondering if they were gonna go, like... Uh, you know, it wasn't a, a creature. It was like a human serial killer route. I kind of wondered if they were going to go that route. Mm -hmm. I had like kind of a moment where I was like, are they going to do like a werewolf? Because uh, Jean-Francois has the, he he has silver bullets. He just makes them not because uh, for any practical reason. He just says he likes to sign his shots. Um <laughs> Which that's an extremely French aristocrat thing to do. It's like, I'm going to waste money for silver, which I could use to make things like jewelry or like silverware or things that are actually decorative or useful. But instead, we are going to use this silver to make bullets that I kill things with. That That's very like 18th century aristocrat. With, um, with I'm sure that his <laughs> sigil or signature engraved on each bullet. Um, it just struck me. Uh, the reason I was laughing is I'm like, oh shit, this is what you know. Jean Francois was uh, exactly what a poster would have been at this point. Uh, yeah, at this period in history. Oh, he he's a total a poster. Like <laughs> he would have yeah. been on one twenty four seven. <laughs> just like completely, like sh oh yeah, yeah. Well, check it out. I own you with my silver bullet. <laughs> check out the signature. Uh, in the thirty seconds you have to live. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I I totally agree. I think that this is simply like this weird uh, the the mystery is simply like a uh, an excuse to then have like these action set pieces and just have like this rollicking adventure. Um, I do want to say that I think on the rewatch, um, I realized that this is actually like a two and a half hour movie. Uh, it doesn't feel that long, I will say. It is very long, but it doesn't really feel as long as it is. There is a moment, and I think it's because the uh, Fronsac gets called back, like supposedly um, his, uh, like not his superior or somebody above him 
is sent to fix quote unquote the the problem and and shoot the beast you know and so uh they then sort of resolve in the official narrative the the entire affair and there's that piece where he's sort of like drifting along and then suddenly let's gets called back and it's like oh so <laughs> there is a moment there where it fe- you start to feel it sag a little bit but then it starts up again and you're like oh okay cool cool let's go uh because that those are all those are all the parts that actually make a lot more sense uh in in the logic of like basically an actioner uh movie right mm-hmm. um but you do get that sequence where they display like uh, you know the, his superior or the 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 other guy that gets gets sent over there who's an asshole um tells him to basically uh he's he's shot this wolf and he needs him to dress him up make him look you know good for the for the king and uh he then we get the taxidermy comes back again you know that's he's he sort of yeah. made it and when they unveil it it's like you know just sort of it like, looks like a fucking pokemon <laughs> it's, it's like it, a third evolution pokemon i i keep on this, like i like, i know red i've and seen black, these <laughs> yes and these bright really uh, yellow looking. eyes um but it, but it almost almost looks like it's one of those things where um even when I've rewatched it, I, I go, wait, what does it look like again? And I and my my mind always goes to that uh, the meme where it's like the the werewolf um, animatronic next to the dog. And oh, like, is, the is dog? That what, yeah, is that what that looks like? And it's like, oh no, no, it's red, it's red and black for. It like, looks like Houndoom. <laughs> well, I I, I understand that the the red and black. It just it just goes together nicely. And also, it looks like it's from the devil because that was part of the the folklore that was at least in the movie. It is, you know, it's like oh, it's from the mm-hmm. devil. So you know, oh, I just I'm pulled sh- it up again. It's so freaking dopey looking. My God, <laughs> right? Uh, it 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 doesn't even. It looks like a weird, uh, also like a, a large sun wolf. Right? It's a little chunky. Yeah, he's Not, he's a hefty boy. Yeah, he doesn't look lanky like a real wolf would. But anyway, that's another story. But uh, but yeah, uh, so we do get in that sad, like that in that middle saggy part. Um, we do get like that whole thing where the the supposed like the the spy network has intercepted this book that has been coming out of the the region that he's in and that he like basically they they send him back you know the the official narrative is is complete but you know you need to go unofficially and and figure out what's going on for real and stop this weird uh challenge to the king because later on you find out that um that the entire like there's a bunch of people that are involved that are printing these books and handing them out and uh and it's uh a challenge to the 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 rule of, of the king of France because supposedly they're going to bring the quote apocalypse about I guess yeah, it by rocks f- that this movie just like suddenly becomes like a weird like wolf monster cult movie it fucking rips it's so good but also don't forget 
that the the detail isn't that it's just a central cult. It's that they're going to franchise. They're going to make more of it. <laughs> they're going to send it's- more of the wolves out there. It's so funny. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, speaking of bloodborne things too. The the kind of like weird like hairy wolf mask things that the the cultists mm. have look very much like the like the beasts in uh, Central Yarnum. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> or yes, old Yarnum, I guess. Yeah, that, the first section is old Yarnum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's Central Yarnum is the first. Uh, oh, old Yarnum is the okay. one. Yes, where, old yeah. Yarnum's next. Yes. Later. Uh, yeah. Later. Okay. On, so yes. in. <laughs> Yeah, in Central Yarnum, it lo- they look like the beasts in Central Yarnum, and um, yeah, uh, Father Gaskion would be not remotely out of place in this film. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Uh, he'd he'd actually probably be uh, he'd probably kill Father Sardis <laughs> to take his place, and then be uh, the actual foil of the film if he were around, but. Um, or the actual antagonist of the film, perhaps in in league with uh, with Vincent Cassell's character Jean Francois. But uh, I did want to point out: Have you ever seen um, Hannibal, the the TV show? Like the first couple of episodes of it, and I actually really liked it, but didn't keep up because okay. I have a sickness where I will start watching a TV show and like be super into it, but then you know I only watch as many episodes as I can binge in like a day. <laughs> Uh, uh, I guess I have that disease sometimes too. Um, there is, uh, so I, I, I'm just sort of pointing it out because the, the beast, as it turns out is actually sort of like, a. it's never really spelled out, although it's hinted that it might be a lion, uh, that's in this weird sort of mech suit that they've made for it. Uh, and uh, it's funny because the oh yeah, it's, the, no, it's definitely a lion. It has it, like the eyes. Yeah, that that's, I thought they actually they brought because uh, Jean Francois traveled in Africa, so I think it's a cub that he brought back and like made it mean. Well, yeah, that that's the at the end. That's the uh, the the keeper, uh, like the the beast keeper or whatever, um, sort of tells them that. But uh, before then, you uh, you get that whole oh, spoilers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if come on, if you're listening to this episode, you know, and you, you've been listening to Podside, you know that spoilers, spoilers have been rampant from the get go. So we're we're not gonna hold back. Uh, anyway, this is sort of like a vibes movie, anyway, because it's like it, the plot really, like I think you said earlier, Maddie, it, it does not really matter in uh, like in a, any way that's important other than this is what we need to tell you and show you on screen so that we can get to the next fight scene and the next action sequence so have fun and the next next cool costume sequence yeah it's it is not a it is a it is a you know head empty no thoughts, all vibes movie. <laughs> it really is. But I don't uh, think anyone but the French could have managed to transition where you go from Monica Bellucci, like Ed- Monica Bellucci's naked body, and then it transitions into this, like, like fades into this wintry landscape, and where her boobs are is like it's two like hills, like snow covered hills. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, 
I don't think Americans could do that. That it's it's a very distinctly French kind of thing. Just you know, we'd have meltdowns about how horny it is, you know, and that's pretty. Like and that, I, I think we we would have had uh, meltdowns about it back in, back in two thousand one, saying that uh, somehow uh, this would have made the terrorists win or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's this is just it's just so bonkers a, a transition that it that it completely works. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, so it's, stupid. It circles around and becomes cool and awesome. <laughs> I did. I did find it sort of like a a like like we were talking about earlier that then this becomes like this big thing where uh, you know Fransak has this falling out with Marianne and he's like, oh no, because she shows him like these drawings that he's taken of uh, of both her and. Uh, Monica Bellucci's character and, you know, sort of like, oh, you've been to brothels and it's like, okay, why is this such a big deal? I don't understand. It doesn't really matter because it's just sort of like to get her out into the countryside somewhere and weirdly away from her brother, uh, which then sets up like one of the one of the last attacks before the, the, the third act rolls around, uh, which then... You know, sort of like then really pumps the gas. We just go full throttle into the into the end of the movie where you get the <laughs> you get obviously uh, Mani as uh, Defronsac's uh, assistant uh, blood brother gets murderized by the bad people. So obviously that had to happen. Because he and can't it's have unfortunate an because he's yeah, just the cooler guy. Like Fransak's cool. Like he seems like a fun dude, but Monty, like he's a champ. He's the coolest dude in the whole movie. And they they had to kill him to give uh, to, and then it becomes the Fransak show. And it's just like, <laughs> but what if you'd killed Fransak and had Monty go on this like rollicking rampage instead? <laughs> What if he you done that? Uh, honestly, he he would have beat everybody. Uh, it would have been oh, yeah. like the rest of the movie would have been done like in five minutes. Really, that's the that's the thing. The uh, Fransak uh, has this entire thing where he's yeah you know, he he's got like the the weird um, instead of the the montage where uh, the dudes you know like commando style montage where he's strapping on the grenades one by one and putting the clips in his guns and so on and so forth. We get a montage of him sort of like scooping out Monty's ashes and crying and, and sort of like, you know, almost it's not in the movie. It it really isn't, but it, it could, you could almost imagine like he, looks into the middle distance, one tear tracing it, a, a trail down his cheek, and the camera pans down to show his fist just slowly clenching so hard you can see the veins in it. Yeah, this is the the moment where that it happens. It should be in there. It's a very it's a very dude's rock moment, honestly. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. Um and then you know we go into the I I don't it it sort of really goes from here on out uh we get the the whole sequence where monica bellucci uh where he gets arrested uh right after scooping out his buddy's ashes out of the fire um and then he gets arrested thrown into you know an oubliette and uh monica bellucci's character shows up to give him food and then he like dies (laughs) he's like oh shit (laughs) she really is an assassin 
But no, she gives him like the the Batman poison where he's just he looks dead enough that uh people almost yeah, they bury him and then forget that you know he ever existed and they dig him back out just in time for him to you know and enact his revenge upon everyone who you know tried to kill Manny and is preventing him from uh solving the mystery and keeping Marianne away from him. And uh, it all happens in this great set where it's like an abandoned. Is this the same? I forget the where they meet up. It's the same uh, ruins that they visit earlier. That was supposed to be like a Templar stronghold. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Right, and but, it looks uh, cool. It looks great. Oh yeah, it, it's like overgrown. It's it's sort of. I don't know if it's fake or not, but I, I'd probably say yes. Uh, I'm pretty but sure it that looks if it's cool. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm just like also thinking to myself, well, you know, if, if it had been like, they, they probably couldn't have gotten the permissions to be like on an actual like, uh, you know, old site. It's just like, no, no. you're going to ruin it. No, thank you. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, and to your point, like everyone's wearing these masks. It's like the, the cult is all there, you know, and it, weirdly, uh, the, the, they also have like, the the main cultists are all sort of like the gentry from the countryside and some of their their you know hangers on and lackeys and courtesans and whatnot but then weirdly also like the 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 weird sort of rabble that they've been using as well is there that's that was sort of weird to be but it doesn't matter it's fine cuz uh you you do get the uh the the Roma uh woman who sort of has been in and out. I don't know if she's supposed to be like an antagonist or just simply like a weird foil or something like that, but is immediately taken out. Like I I want to see Sylvia takes Luchas. her out. Yeah, she has this like fan with like uh so the, That's right. this woman's yeah, yeah. just like running uh cuz uh uh the chevalier has started his 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 uh his rampage so she's like running to get away from him and is like hiding and then sylvia comes up and has this bladed fan and just like slits her throat with it and it's so cool although uh, the fan is really dope like no it it looks great like it it looks like one of these fans like the the version of the mortal uh, combat like yes (laughs) like the the european version right like the very yeah, ornate rocks. sort of baroque looking fan. Uh but yeah, it, it's it's sort of great and it's like shot uh like you get that shot where it's uh taken like an almost in silhouette that she sort of crumples to the ground and you just see Sylvia sort of fold the fan and you know put it away. Um it, it's like this entire sequence is just like yeah, this is just action. Uh and it's also where um uh uh Jean-François a, a reveals to the Fronsac, what we have seen already, uh, which is that he actually does not have just one arm as he's been sort of like, you know, he's been showing throughout the movie. He actually has, you know, has this weird corset where he keeps his arm hidden away and so, so on. But he and, can, uh, yeah, it's, it's gross and gnarly, but he can still use it, uh, which he does. They have this like bone whip sword kind of thing it's like the yeah, threaded cane but like even more cane, metal yeah yeah <laughs> i like uh, in, i remember it it i thought initially that it was like a, a sword made out of like a sharpened spine or something like that but no it, it's sort of like a little less 
um, a less like that, but it, it does sort of like it segments and it, he can sort of like throw it around like a whip. Um, though I, I'm sure that it's supposed to be sharp. Uh, it doesn't look very sharp. Though. It doesn't look very sharp. Yeah. Um, but in any case, it doesn't really matter because it's like, oh, cool. Bone sword. Okay. I'm on, I'm on board because it gives you just enough to, to go on. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It's- yeah. Uh, whip sword made of bones is like jangling keys to me. It doesn't need to be anything else. <laughs> I'll be Honestly, honest. This movie is a big, it's a big jangling keys movie. There's not really a whole <laughs> lot of smart shit going on anywhere. No, in the end. No, it's not really. No. Maybe they're trying to have some commentary on like the 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 badness of the upper crust with the whole French Revolution and then the all of the the wealthy people being like the the cultists but I if they are that they're they're half baked in it it doesn't matter it's yeah, just it's, cool yeah, I, I don't think that anyone's really putting on Brotherhood of the Wolf for coherent politics of the French Revolution no. or otherwise. Um, it, it's really just, uh, yeah, like we, we've been talking about, it's sort of like a, a period piece with a comedy of manners with a sort of like a mystery sort of kind of in there. But it's mostly an excuse for you to look at pretty people in nice costumes jumping around and doing like, cool shit like doing martial arts uh which did not exist in this form in the time period that we're looking at but it doesn't really matter either uh it just looks really cool um yeah if you if you watch this and like get historical accuracy pedantic about it and this is coming from someone who is occasionally a historical accuracy pedant if you like if you watch this like that you just suck. Like you're not cool. You can't hang. You're killing <laughs> the mood. It's it's sort of like the the people that would watch like uh, Game of Thrones to be like, well, that's not how that happens. Like, yeah, okay, did you miss the part where it's a fantasy? It's not the okay, real, but real putting world. okay, but putting your um, catapults in front of your army is very very stupid we're gonna go I'm, i will die on that hill oh no no <laughs> see i will totally agree with later seasons just go off but but like this i'm talking about like people that were critiquing stuff like in the first episode you're like come on man this is like did you notice it's called westeros and not earth <laughs> Yeah, it's not. This is not merry old England. Yes, yes, it's sort of based loosely on it, and so you 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 shouldn't be criticizing the armor isn't right. And you're like, okay, who cares? Um, In any case, uh, yeah, don't don't be that, please. Just watch this. Like, maybe we should have said this at the beginning, but you know, please just watch this. As a cool movie about uh, weird 17th century dudes doing modern martial arts. And you'll have a lot of fun. Because it's just, it looks cool. It's supposed to be cool. And it's just got so much in it. (laughs) Just tangled up in it that I don't know whether, to be fair, uh, Maddie, I don't know whether this is a good movie. It is a fun movie. I will say that. 
It is absolutely not a good a good movie. It's stupid as shit. Uh, just absolutely brain dead, dumb as fuck. But it also is insanely fun, and it rules. Yeah, I mean, and they have like basically a, a star studded cast. Uh, you know, for for France, we we may not know this a lot is, of these people. This is the power wolf of French cinema. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. You know what? We'll, we'll, I think we'll, I'm we'll correct. It. No, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. I, I can't, I can't, I can't come up with a better take than that, folks. So uh, we're going to end it here. Uh, we're going to ask Maddie, hey, Maddie, what amazing stuff are you doing other than talking to me about this amazing, dumbest shit movie? Uh, other than talking to you, Carlo, about this amazing, dumbest shit movie, uh, I am doing stuff on my own podcast, The Pod Hand, which is about uh, berserk, grimdark, dark fantasy, and horror. Um, and uh, I, I, I write some stuff sometimes. You can find me at Twitter. Um, my my uh, your at. I'm sorry, I'm a little drunk. My at is uh, it's at Devil's Doorbell underscore. Um, that's where you can get my hot takes, and um, I have a Gumroad store, which is at Devil's Doorbell. I believe without the underscore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some short fiction there. I've got an article in Blood Knife magazine with a uh, with Kurt. Who, uh, by the way, I think I think uh, message to Kurt specifically. I'm coming for your guest spot. I want to want to join you in the the frequent pod side guest. Uh, <laughs> All right. I guess I'm coming for Emma too. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 basically it. Excellent. Just vibing. Right. No, it's all good. I mean, this is a movie to vibe too. So it's. I think it's perfectly appropriate all right so um thanks of course for coming on to talk to me about this amazing amazing film that is not very good but it is very fun uh maddie thanks again uh any last uh do you want to give like any last uh thoughts or perhaps even like a weird take before you go you don't have to. No, it's fine. Uh, I don't know. My my weird take and weird thought about this is I, I should have realized when I first saw this movie like 10, 11 years ago and, and saw Monica Bellucci in this movie, I should have realized then that I was also attracted to women and somehow it still took me like another eight years. <laughs> this is the best <laughs> any human being has ever looked in a film. <laughs> well... <laughs> I can't, I can't top that either. So <laughs> there you go. Okay, thanks, Maddie. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening in to Podside. We'll catch you next time.